Lesson one, obesity has a paradox. This is how to outsmart being overweight or obese. How is it possible that a person presents at Dr. Levy's cardiology practice in New Orleans and is thin, yet is at more risk of a cardiovascular catastrophe than a person who has a much heavier body mass index? Find out inside this audio program. Thank you so much for joining me at this special audio web class. My name is Shane Stubbs. I've spent the past 37 years teaching the subject that I love, health and physical education in Australian schools. Over the past decade of my life, I've interviewed, worked with and consulted with over 100 PhDs in disciplines like cardiology, exercise physiology, medicine, public health, oncology, molecular biology, cognitive neuroscience, and many more. Today, I have a podcast called The New Science of Physical Health that's listened to in 87 countries at the time of recording and thousands and thousands of cities. I have one mission that I'm obsessed with, how to get people to fall in love with their physical health outcomes and drive down their clinical risk from the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death, cardiovascular events. In doing so, that causes a spillover or cascade effect of driving down your risk of something that doctors call all-cause mortality. To introduce myself, I'm going to do this. Transition to a speech that I gave to an audience here in Sydney, Australia, of about one and a half thousand people on my passionate subject about 10 years ago. Let's transition to that, about a minute and a half of it, and then I'll be back. In the the 80s, this young man graduated with a degree in health education. Uh, For the next 20 years of his life, that's what he spent his time doing for seven of those years. I think it was seven. He was in the... uh, National, or the Heart Foundation, National Heart Foundation of Australia. I never quite get that right, but we know what I'm talking about. You know the one with the tick, you know where you get the tick? And he spent a lot of his time there, is still closely associated with these people. He has a passion, and the passion is born from the pain and the trauma that he felt as a young man when a loved one, and he'll tell you the story, close to him, was taken by Australia's most prolific killer. And he'll spend a little time telling you on that is so he speaks from experience here today to help you discover the beat of your healthy heart will you please help me welcome to the stage one of australia's leading heart health educators mr shane stubbs thank you shane thank you shane thank you Thank you, Rob, and uh, thank you, everybody, for coming along here this evening. You know, my role here and my function is to help you, as Rob said, to discover the beat of a healthy heart. And I've been doing this now for 20 years. Well, as it turns out, I've been doing it now for about 30 years. I have given speeches like that all over Australia, all over New Zealand. I presented recently to 2,500 people on a live online event into the Philippines talking about this exact topic, how to get people to fall in love with their physical health outcomes and drive down their risk of the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death, and to prove it to them clinically so there's a 100% guarantee. 
I love producing special mini series that are like audio web classes for people who use my health lab or people who've upgraded to my podcast membership program that's available through my free podcast on any app. The health lab that I've created is a tool after interviewing a chairman of an Australian company that's worth $2 billion in the middle of 2019 when he was going through a health catastrophe age 58. I'll give you that interview, by the way, if you make a decision to go to the Health Lab webpage. There's a link somewhere on the page that you're listening to this audio program, and I'll give you that exact interview for free with that chairman of an Australian $2 billion company. And the unbelievable question I asked him and the incredible answer he gave me about his health catastrophe. The Health Lab is a clinically validated technology. There's two technologies, by the way, and a future-focused learning portal that takes someone from beginner to expert at driving down their risk of the two leading causes of sickness, disease, and death, cardiovascular and cancer events. I primarily have that program, the Health Lab, available into workplaces for large cohorts. The thing that I've been doing for now, over 30 years, teaching large cohorts. It's also available for ind- at an individual level. I built it as though it would have been a tool that I would have given to my father five years before his sudden heart attack that caused his death at age 46. I also built it as though it would have been the tool that I would have given my mother, who died seven days after being diagnosed with a cancer event. More about that later on. I'm so excited to share today's guest with you in this mini-series called How to Outsmart Obesity. Dr. Carl Lavi from New Orleans in the deep south in the United States. He's got this fantastic accent. I love it. He's a cardiologist who has written a best-selling book called The Obesity Paradox. Let me just talk about obesity for a second. More than one-third of adults in the United States have obesity, and there is 36.5% who, of American adults that on top of that are overweight. So you've got 36.5% that are obese, and you've got 32.5% that are overweight. In all, more than two-thirds of all adults in the United States are overweight or obese. Let's take my country, the Australian Bureau of Statistics National Health Survey, from back in 2017 to 18, revealed that 67% of Australian adults were overweight or obese. That's about 12.5 million, and we've got a population of 26 million. That's an increase, by the way, from 63% back in 2014-15. Let's take a look at a country where my wife was born, England. In 2019, they estimate that 28% of adults in England are obese, and a further 36.2% are overweight but not obese. Let's go to France, which is close by in Europe. Almost 40% of people are overweight, including obese. The OEC projections indicate uh, overweight rates would increase another 10% within 10 years. Approximately one-third of participants had obesity and one-third were classified as overweight across the across the planet. So 
It is absolutely phenomenal. Take a country like Russia, which most people in the Western world don't think much of or have much information when it comes to being overweight or obese. They're in the same category as the countries that I've just read out. It's a phenomenal problem that has a direct correlation to your risk of a catastrophic cardiovascular event, also catastrophic cancer events, which by far are the leading causes of sickness, disease, and death on the, across the globe. 18 million people this year worldwide will pass away from a cardiovascular event and about 8 million from a cancer event. Third place, which is respiratory diseases, is way back in with 3 million people. So here's what my supposition is. See if you can follow along with my thinking. If we can learn and teach people how to reduce their clinical risk of a cardiovascular event, then it will have this spillover effect into the other areas. Second leading cause, cancer, and we'll prove how that's how that spillover effect works. The I call it the cascading effect, how that works from a scientific point of view in this series, and it will cause a decrease in what we call doctors call all cause mortality, all causes of sickness, disease, and death. So as I've said at the start of this episode, how is it possible that a person presents at Dr. Carl Lavi, who you'll meet in just a moment, his cardiology practice in New Orleans, and is thin and looks healthy on the outside. Yet he tells us in this series, in his own words, Many of those people are at more risk of a cardiovascular catastrophe than a person who has a much heavier body mass index. That's a paradox, which relates to his book, The Obesity Paradox. So we're going to find out here inside lesson, lesson number one. A heart attack, stroke, and cardiovascular disease are the biggest problem worldwide. And people who are heavier think they are at more risk than those who have been taught, and, and people who are heavier, taught that losing weight is the number one priority. Now, I'm not going to say, and I'm going to state what Dr. Lavi talks about right at the start. It's not saying that you should be satisfied, happy with being overweight because it's more protective. You're going to find out in just a moment exactly what we mean by how to outsmart obesity. So people who are heavier, I'll go back and repeat what I just said. People who are heavier think they're at more risk of cardiovascular events and cancer events and have been taught that losing weight is the priority. This may be true from the perspective of how you feel about yourself and your emotional well-being. But new global medical research shows that a biometric that you've almost certainly never heard of has more impact on your wellness than obesity. Come and find out what that biometric is, and I want you to meet one of my sports heroes. Sorry, not one of my sports heroes. One of my heroes, Dr. Carl Lavi, this cardiologist from New Orleans. The reason I mention sports heroes is because growing up, that's what I had. Tons of sports heroes. Probably, if you're a person like me that was into sport, you do too. And I learned and still learn today from my sports heroes, some of them I've met now here in Australia, I learn attitudes, 
that teach me how to succeed at the things that I want to accomplish in life. But people like Dr. Carl Lavi are now more, more of my type of hero as I move from my 40s now into my 50s than any other person I've met on the planet. And here's the reason why that people like him, he's this cardiologist from New Orleans, he's had this groundbreaking book that reveals the science behind the obesity paradox that we're going to outline and shows us how to achieve maximum health rather than minimum weight. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? Dr. Levy, I keep saying his name wrong, by the way, apologies, Dr. Levy, not only explains how extra fat provides additional fuel to help fight illness, he also argues that we've got so used to framing health issues in terms of obesity that we overlook other causes of disease. So in his book, The Obesity Paradox, which was fascinating listening when I listened to an audiobook, the obesity paradox will change the conversation about fat and what it means to be healthy. So we're going to introduce you to the first 10 or 15 minutes of my interview with Dr. Levy. So let me tell you about him. He graduated, this is like, this is why, what I'm about to share with you right now, that's why he's one of my heroes. He graduates from the Louisiana State University of Medical School in 1983. I was in year 11 at high school, by the way, at that time. And he completed an internal medicine residency at Oshner and Fellowship in Cardiovascular Diseases at the Mayo Clinic, where he joined the faculty in 1989. That was the year, 1989, that my father passed away, age 46, from a sudden and massive heart attack at 3.30 p.m. on November the 1st, the same year that Dr. Levy joined the Faculty of Medicine at the, at, at the Mayo Clinic. That is a significant date and a significant event in my family's life, November the 1st of 1989, and I'll share more about that as we go through these three episodes, these three parts to this program, How Do I Outsmart Obesity? Dr. Levy is a professor of medicine and medical director, cardiac rehabilitation and preventative cardiology. He's the director of exercise testing laboratory and staff cardiologist and echocardiography laboratory at the John Oshner Heart and Vascular Institute in New Orleans in the Oshner Clinical School. And guess what about this? He's also and part of the University of Queensland School of Medicine and has previously served for 10 years as the Associate Director of Internal Medicine Training Program. The University of Queensland is here in Australia. So I didn't even know this until I met him and he told me that in our interview, that he has an association with here in Australia at a University of Queensland and Medicine. He's also served as a consultant to the Department of Preventative Medicine at Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana from 2012 to 2014. His research interests include cardiac rehabilitation, cardiac prevention, lipids, hypertension, obesity, and exercise, physical activity, as well as non-invasive testing encompassing echocardiography, 
Exercise Testing and Nuclear Cardiology. He's the author of over 1,600 medical publications, including two cardiology textbooks and nearly 60 book chapters, and has 1,048 listings on PubMed as of the uh, 1st of the 8th, 2022. Dr. Levy serves as a frequent lecturer, reviewer for several medical journals, and as an associate editor and cardiovascular section of the Mayo Clinic Proceedings. He's the editor-in-chief in, um, of Progress in Cardiovascular Diseases and associate editor of car- Current Problems in Cardiology, Progress, and in Preventive Medicine and serves on editorial boards of the Journal of the American Car- College of Cardiology, the American Journal of Cardiology Heart, Canadian Journal of Cardiology Sports Medicine, the Journey of Cardiolo- Cardiopulmonary Rehabil- Rehabilitation and Prevention, and 35 other journals. You know what? I'm running out of breath almost. I'm not really, but I'm running out of breath getting out the background to my today's guest. The reason that he's one of my heroes is because this man has forgotten more than I've ever known about how to prevent the cardiovascular catastrophe that happened to my family. November the 1st of 1989 at 3.30 p.m., I took a phone call from my mother. She said the, the three words to me, love, dad's died. I couldn't comprehend it because she went on to describe what happened not more than 30 minutes before at 3 p.m. that day. And that was he had a massive heart attack standing right next to my mother while they were looking at buying a new house. He was 10 years younger than I am to you at the day of this, than I am at the day of this recording. I'm 56, he was 46 years old. There is no question that his overweightness and obesity did contribute to it, his cardiovascular catastrophe. And there are 18 million people this year that are going to experience the same thing. They have a sudden death from a cardiovascular event, 18 million people on a global basis. The reason that I want you to listen to today's guest over this episode and the rest of this three-part mini-series is because he is one of the world's geniuses on how to teach you and I how to prevent this. So let me do this. Let's listen to the first section of my interview and my special guest who'd written this book, back in 2014, which I've just listened to. I'm like the guy who's just caught up on Game of Thrones. I've never seen that, by the way, so I haven't caught up on it. So if you're a Game of Thrones fans, fan, you could probably convince me on why to catch up on that series. Well, I just caught up on his book from 2014, The Obesity Paradox. But in this episode and this series, we're going to learn how you can outsmart obesity, one of the most important topics going around in world health today. Here he is, one of my all-time heroes in the field of medicine, cardiologist from New Orleans with the most brilliant accent I've ever heard, Dr. Carl Lavi. Let's transition right now. Obviously, I think in a perfect world, I stick with the ideal would be for everyone to remain lean and fit. You know, and so that would be the perfect. But the the thing is, that's not what happens in our society is that with aging, people gain weight and they lose fitness. And it would be better to 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 maintain some fitness, even if you gain weight than vice versa, because I think that fitness is more important 
than wait for long-term outcomes. So first of all, welcome to the new science of physical health all the way from, you're in Louisiana, is that where you're based? Yes. That's, I've, I've yet to be to Louisiana, but I've always been fascinated by the deep south in America. You've got some real rich culture down there. Uh, it's a fa- fascinating place. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, my, my Ashner is is part of the University of Queensland. We, it's called the University, it's yeah. Ashner Clinical School, University of Queensland School of Medicine. And I've only been to Australia once. I've never been to Brisbane. I, I, I gave a keynote, I gave a keynote uh, and about three other lectures in Perth, Australia, a number of years ago yeah. at the uh, big sports medicine conference. But uh, I actually never been to Brisbane. But I'm I'm, a, I'm, I'm te- technically a professor of medicine there. Because we have our medical school with uh, Queensland. I ask you about your book, um, the the obesity paradox. Like you've wrote that about it was about eight years ago. Is that right? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. And like, what what inspired you to come up with like? Because like that title, I, I think I saw that in a news article just recently. And here am I. I'm like one of those guys who's never watched. Um, uh, not House of Dragon. What's the previous one? Game of Thrones. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. Maybe one day I will, and it'll be a great series. But I get your book like eight years after you've published it, and I go, "How did I not see this before?" Like it's, <laughs> it's. And I actually, I actually was on. I was on a, a couple of news uh, things in Australia when the book came out. So I was on. I was on a couple of TV shows, and uh, yeah. and I was interviewed a couple of times in Australia. Um, you know, you know, obviously I was, I was being interviewed remotely, but, um, but I did a few interviews, uh, in Australia about the book. Um, you asked me what, what was the impetus? Well, you know, I, I had done a bunch of papers on the obesity paradox in the, you know, in, in really since, uh, the early two thousands and, and actually, um, someone approached me about doing the book said, have you ever thought about doing a book on this? And, 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 and it was an agent. And, um, and so they, you know, so I, I, I was very interested always in the topic, but, but to do a book for lay people, uh, the agent got me hooked up, you know, with, uh, with, with a, a person who's a, a really good lay uh, writer, Kristen Loberg, who, you know, see is on the bottom of the book. Yeah. And she's got, a, you know, several bestsellers, um, and, um, you know, and it's in, 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 and I've, I've, I've right now, as of this morning, I have 1060 papers on PubMed in the medical, wow. in the PubMed medical, but you know, it's, it's a little bit different writing for the lay public. Yeah. You know, and, and so, I mean, and so let me ask, is, 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 is this going to be mostly for the lay public or for, uh, for yeah. clinicians? Mostly. So mostly lay. Two, two types yeah. of people, people like me who are educators in, so yeah. the show goes out to 87 different countries right now. Um, yeah. So we've got thousands of listeners across the world. So we're excited about that. But um, also my big mission as an educator is to drag the people who currently have zero interest in their physical health outcomes across to listening to people like your message with the obesity paradox. You know, yes. like even okay. the subtitle of that book is just amazing to me. When thinner means sicker, sicker and heavier means healthier. And it's like yeah. that is like that was really well thought out because that's not what most people think, right? And and, and obviously and obviously again, I, the, the the one thing that sometimes if you just catch 
if you just catch a quick look at the, uh, the at that title and the subtitle, you might get the impression that I'm I'm saying it's actually better to be fat than than thin. And I, and I, and obviously I go through it in the book and explain that that's not the case. But no. but the the thing is is that so much emphasis is put on weight, um, and too much emphasis is put on 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 weight. Probably even more in the United States than in in, in Australia, but I think Australia the, the weight's been going up over over yeah. a few decades as well. And so, yeah, and, and 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 even though you know both are important, I try to really make 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 the point that being too thin is also not healthy, and being fit is more important than being thin. So let's go. Let's dive into that okay. because this is the thing okay. that we're going to do. With my audience, what what I am trying to reveal to them is this whole concept of how, what is cardiorespiratory fitness score and how does it actually impact structure and function of the heart and the blood vessel network. So my audience know and the people who join my audience, they know that it's the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death. 18 million people a year worldwide have a heart attack and a stroke or some form of event, cardiovascular event and die. But they don't – I've asked people like me who've been teachers in health for, and physical education for 30 years, what is it about physical activity that makes you healthy? And you'd think that people like me would know the answer to that question. They yeah. don't. They simply don't know the structural changes. So what, what is CRF and then how does it impact this cardiovascular structure? Well, cardio CRF is the abbreviation for cardiorespiratory fitness, um, which is in a way kind of like exercise capacity. But it's it's a it's a strong interaction between the the heart, the lungs, and the skeletal musculature, um, and and it's and it's a it's a it's a way that you can get information on all three. And there's many different measures of cardiorespiratory fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, so one one you can do a really simple measure is just see how far someone could walk in six minutes, and it's called yeah. a six minute walk test, yeah. and that's a measure of cardiorespiratory fitness. And and so the person who can walk a lot further is 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 got a higher fitness. We we typically do it on a treadmill or a bicycle, yeah. and I think maybe we do it in a treadmill almost all in the United States, and I think you might use the bicycle a little bit more in uh in Australia. Yeah, but typically, yeah. typically, typically, on the treadmill, you're seeing how, what incline someone can go to, and what speed someone can go to on the treadmill, yeah. and that correlates very much with prognosis. Um, and then the best way to measure cardiorespiratory fitness is actually with a cardiopulmonary stress test, where you hook someone up to the, the to the mask. And yep. you measure gas analysis, you measure oxygen consumption and carbon dioxide production. And yep. that's the gold standard uh, way that you really measure. And, and, and we get a measure of what's called peak oxygen consumption or peak VO2. Yeah. Um, but, but that's a pretty fancy test and it's done in laboratories. It's, yeah. it's done, uh, you know, by researchers and we do it, we do it clinically. But but still, most of the, the the assessments done around the world are not done with the cardiopulmonary test, but they're done with either a treadmill or a bicycle, and basically see how far one can go. Or they're just done with really simple things like you know, like a six minute walk test. Yeah. And and if you think about it, 
there's all kind of ways you can get that information. You can say, okay, let's we're going to do a mile race, and we'll see in a mile race how long does it take you to 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 walk or run a mile, and that would be a pretty good judge of fitness. Yeah, you know, and so now a hundred yard dash would not be a great. it would be too short of an event for, you know, for a, for a fitness test. It yeah. would have a, it, you still probably have to have some fitness to run just to do a hundred yard a dash, but really that's more speed and athletic ability. Yes. And that wouldn't be, but a mile or a, or a two mile or a, a three mile, a 5k, those would all be very, very good tests of fitness. And, and, and again, we do it, we do it clinically in a, like a treadmill test. Uh, a bicycle test or, uh, you know, and, and, and those kind of things. And so so that gives us the, 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 the estimation of cardiorespiratory fitness. And and that correlates tremendously with prognosis. And so it, it correlates with cardiovascular survival and all-cause survival. It even correlates with, uh, with, with, uh, with cancer survival. So wow. people have lower fitness have more cancers and it's not, there it, it may not be a direct, uh, but it, it's probably, it probably has to do with the thing that leads to having higher cardiorespiratory fitness is obviously having better heart, lungs and muscles. Yeah. Okay. There's a transition bell. That's the first 10 or so minutes of my conversation with Dr. Levy. I'm here, sitting here in Sydney, Australia, and he's all the way over there in New Orleans in the United States of America about half a world away, literally, figuratively. Here's the key thing that I want to wrap up this episode with. The way to outsmart obesity is to do this, and I've actually typed this on my notes in capital letters, to raise a biometric that he discussed called CRF. Now, it's a medical term that for education purposes, I've gone ahead and labeled it for the past several years now something called your active heart fitness score. Learning about what it is, how to track it on something called a rolling seven days and convert it into something called a health impact score leads directly to molecular and physiological health adaptations that change and then improve the structure and function of your blood vessels and your heart muscle. For example, one of the things that Dr. Levy touched on just then in our discussion was something called endothelial tissue. I'll hazard a guess, most people don't know what that is. Think of it this way. Inside of your blood vessels, there is a skin that sits on the inside and facing your blood vessels and facing the blood as it flows through the blood vessel itself. That skin is called your endothelium. Now, there is a disease known as endothelial dysfunction. It's really serious. Now, a lack of nitric oxide gas inside your blood vessel walls causes the arteries to narrow and become more stiff or more inflexible, less flexible. The narrowing slows blood flow to your heart And this can cause conditions like angina, like chest pain, and increases the risk of heart and blood vessel conditions, like high blood pressure, for example. A person with a healthy endothelium, that they have 
An increased vasodilation means flexibility of the blood vessel. Naturally, as you age, your blood vessels and heart function begin to become less flexible. Particularly, that accelerates if you have a decreased amount of a gas called nitric oxide. Now, nitric oxide is produced by nearly every type of cell in the human body. And one of the most important molecules for blood vessel health is this thing called a vasodilator, more flexibility. It means to relax the inner muscles of your blood vessels and your heart and cause the vessels to widen. In this way, nitric oxide increases the blood flow and lowers blood pressure. Here's the point about outsmarting obesity. Regardless of whether you lose weight, the way to achieving something, or when I say something, an increase in the amount of nitric oxide, this gas that impacts your blood vessels in a positive way, which is what we call a molecular and a physiological health adaptation that drives down your risk of a cardiovascular event, the way to increase nitric oxide as the gas inside your blood vessels is with something that I have labeled as an educator the correct dose of physical activity. Now, this is really significant. Planned or unplanned physical activity will cause your cells to release this gas into your blood vessel, which has a short half-life, which means it goes out of the blood vessels very quickly and you have to go back and get some more the next day. So here's an example. Just like if you went to Dr. Levy's office in Louisiana, in, oh, sorry, down in New Orleans, and he prescribed a medication to lower your blood pressure, which is often what he will do as a cardiologist. That medication would have a specific dosage that you have to take every single time. Now, what we now know from medical research of people like Dr. Levy and others he's collaborated with on a global basis. There is a framework, strategies, and tactics that will 100% guarantee you or anyone that you care for will be able to 100% of the time drive down your clinical risk of a heart attack and stroke and all forms of cardiovascular events to the maximum amount possible with the correct dose of physical activity. That is a stunning thing because it's regardless of whether or not you shift weight from your body. If you achieve, even as a heavier person, the correct dose of physical activity, you will drive down the impact, the possibility of cardiovascular disease happening to you. And in the next episode, I'll tell you exactly, specifically, by how much. The big question is this, as we finalize this episode, what can you do each seven days that guarantees this outcome, regardless of whether or not you decrease overweightness or obesity levels to the maximum amount? What Dr. Levy's book told us and his collaborative medical research is this. Obesity is not the number one problem that you should start tackling if you want to become classified as medically healthy. To outsmart it, 
you need to understand something that I've called the number one medical biometric. Now, I didn't just label it that way. It is backed up by global and clinically validated medical research. This is a biometric that I'm going to almost certainly have a stab or a guess at that you've never heard of, and you've never seen the medical research behind it, and you've almost certainly never had access to a software tool to track this medical biometric and show you in real time whether or not you're driving down your risk from the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death, and also something called all-cause mortality, all causes of sickness, disease, and death. In the next episode, I'm going to deep dive into the number one biometric and you. So thank you so much for joining me this first episode of how to outsmart obesity. And a great thanks to my special guest, literally, figuratively, actually half a world away from me, cardiologist, Dr. Carl Levy from New Orleans, author of The Obesity Paradox. In the next episode, we're going to deep dive into a brand new learning framework that I created as an educator that will show you explicitly how to track this biometric, how to outsmart obesity. I will give you some of the strategies behind the framework on tracking and improving the medical biometric. Finally, I'm going to introduce you to a world-leading PhD of exercise physiology that has collaborated with Dr. Levy. He's from Norway. And in fact, Dr. Levy mentioned him in, the, in that conversation we just had just then. And both of these people combined are going to expand your understanding of how to outsmart obesity. You're going to hear from this PhD from Norway and more of my conversation with Dr. Levy on how using this biometric causes molecular and physiological health adaptations that improve the structure and function of your heart and blood vessels from the cardiologist himself so that you'll never have to walk into the office of someone like him, a cardiologist, and wonder, are you at a high risk of the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death on a worldwide basis, a cardiovascular event? I cannot wait to share with you in the next episode this number one biometric and my second doctor in this series and more of my conversation with Dr. Levy. Wherever you're up to in your day, it has been fantastic sharing this first episode. We're going to dive deep more, more deeply in the next episode and how to outsmart obesity. Bye for now, everybody.